Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, January 30th, the Situationship Blues edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another show. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I'm the father to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two. We live in Detroit. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine and three quarters, and we live in Los Angeles. My name is Carvel Wallace. I'm a writer and podcaster based in Oakland, California, and also the new co-host of Slate's How To. And I have a daughter, Georgia, who is 17, and a son, Ezra, who is 19. Today on the show, we've got a dating conundrum. We haven't had one of these in a while, so this should be interesting. Essentially, this senior in high school is navigating his first official relationship. But if we were back in the days of Facebook relationship statuses, it might qualify as an it's complicated because the girl he's been hanging out with suddenly is thinking about getting back with her ex instead. And our poor letter writer doesn't really know if or how to help her son. We're also going to do a round of recommendations where we tell you what we're loving right now. Then we'll wrap up the show with a few letters from you. See you back here in a second. We are back and ready to hear our listener question, which is being read by the wonderful Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, my son is a senior in high school and has found himself in his first relationship, or at least the first one we know about. From what I can tell, he and this girl have been orbiting each other's social circles for years. She was a friend of a friend, and they've had a few classes together throughout high school. But this year, their schedules lined up. They had some group projects together. And they started to hang out a lot more. And they snap frequently. They've gone on a few casual dates, and even one that seemed a little more traditional, to the ice rink right before winter break. He seemed really happy. Here's the thing. This girl had a boyfriend during sophomore and junior year. They broke up over the summer. Apparently he now wants her back. And she told my son that she doesn't know what to do, but is kind of considering it, given their history. In some ways, I'm kind of impressed by their open communication and grateful that he's talking to me about it, but he says he doesn't really know how to take this, and it's just been this elephant in the room since she brought it up two days ago. I don't have a ton of dating experience. My partner and I were high school sweethearts who never split up, and this is the first time I'm doing any relationship counseling as a parent. Any advice for me or him would be appreciated. Thanks. Out of my dating depths. Well, Carvel, you recently had a son in high school. What do you think about this? I think that navigating your children through the ups and downs of dating is incredibly hard. And I don't mean tricky, because uh, I don't think it actually is tricky. I think it's simple, but I think it's, I think it's very triggering. Seeing your one of your kids in pain because their heart has been broken, because they wanted to be with someone and that person didn't want to be with them, or because someone has, you know, behaved in some way that they didn't, that wasn't fair to them. It's really hard. And we've been through it with both kids multiple times at this point. So first, I just want to empathize with the listener that it's that's like not easy stuff. Second thing is you can't really solve the relationship problem. This is one of those situations where the solution doesn't look anything like the problem. The problem is that your son is involved in this thing where it's like, is this person going to be with them? Are they not? Is he going to get his heart broken? There's nothing you can do as a parent to intervene in that situation. You can't like give him the right stuff to say, the right stuff not to say or whatever. The only thing you can do is be available to him for whatever comes up. I think that 
offering your opinion about whether or not this, what this person is doing is fair or not fair is not really helpful either. I think he has to navigate it on his own, how he feels. You just get to hold space for him when he talks about how he feels and you can help him talk about how he feels. You can talk about your own experiences with heartbreak and dating, which I know that you say, oh, I don't have any dating experience because I'm high school sweetheart. But surely if you marry the person that you started dating in high school, somewhere along those lines, there's been fear, hurt, regret, pain, whatever. You need to be available to talk with your kid about those things because it will help them recognize that they're not alone and that the stuff they're experiencing is not happening to them because it's their fault, that it's actually part of being in love and part of showing up. And that one of the, I want to say costs, but one of the costs of experiencing love is that we experience pain. And the one doesn't seem to exist without the other. Although every day I wake up thinking, God, if there was only some way I could just make it so that all I had was love and never had pain, never had rejection, never had fear of abandonment, never had actual abandonment. I haven't cracked the code on it and I'm 48. So, you know, I don't, I don't, maybe it's not out there. So that's my main thing. And the other thing I would say is also you have to, you, you get to be available for that conversation, but you can't force it. You have to let him lead If he wants to be able to talk about it, you can say things like, this must be difficult. Do you want to talk about it? And if he says no, then the answer is no. He doesn't want to talk about it. So you get to find other ways to be loving towards him. You have a movie night. You do something as a family. You like take him to his favorite restaurant for whatever. You just have something that reminds him that even if this love doesn't work out the way he wants, that he's still loved and cared for in general as a human being. This is how he remains whole. And this is how he's able to kind of like have proper perspective on what could be a very painful and difficult situation. But you have to let him lead the conversations around it. And you you can't make the mistake of forcing your opinion on him about what he should do and when he should talk about it and how he should talk about it. Those are my thoughts. What What do you guys think? I think what I would essentially tell my child is that I'm sorry this is happening and this really sucks, you know, and I'm here to listen and I'm here to help you work through these feelings without asserting, you know, my opinion on how they should proceed. But I would want to talk to them about, you know, the idea that you're allowing this person a lot of control by giving her the ability to choose between you and someone else. And you have the right to choose yourself if that is what you want to do. You know, it would not be wrong for you to want to say, I'd rather be alone on my terms than beholden to what you choose. You can also want to advocate for the relationship and say, hey, I'm really interested in being with you. You know, this is something that I really want to do. So I I hope that you proceed with me. And if you don't, I respect that. You know, Um, I think as the parent of a boy, it's especially important that you talk about the significance of respecting this young lady's decision and not hating her for it. You know, allowing him to be hurt and to process the hurt and to acknowledge the hurt, you know, if this is what she chooses. 
but not to be broken by it, nor to start harboring attitudes towards this particular girl or girls in particular that can be dangerous. You know, we know how easily those attitudes um, fester in young men. There are a lot of boys that cite things like this as their villain origin story. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's really important that you empower him with all the tools necessary to process this and that you're constantly, you know, you have to check in because he may not want to share about it anymore and he might not want to talk about it anymore. Um, And it's important that you stay on top of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love all that, Jamila. I love all that. Um, And also, in addition to the baseline of, of holding whatever kind of space they need, like Carvel was saying, I think you can also ask them in what way can I help you? Do you want my advice? Do you want me just to listen? Do you want to just like be together and not talk? I mean, I can remember so vividly getting my heart broken at this age, so vividly. And just like any provocation just like sent me into just, uh, tears and tears and tears and when I was just so tender and I remember my mom was really good I'm sure she's listening now so thank you mom this is 20 years ago but I remember she was just so delicate just like being around for me and knowing also that I was going to probably be a lot more emotional on my own so I co-sign everything you two said and then also Carvel what you were saying about movie night I think I have the perfect movie uh did you two see Call Me By Your Name? No. Yeah. I love Call Me By Your Name. It's the Luca Guadagnino mm-hmm. movie with Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer. There's this monologue at the end of that movie, which is like one of my favorite like parent monologues in recent history, um, where the Timothy Chalamet character has gotten his heart broken. And in fact, you can just Google it. You can just Google like dad monologue, Call Me By Your Name, if you want to skip right to it. But it might be really cool just to watch this with your son. What this really... Um, loving dad played by Michael Stolberg says to Timothy Chalamet toward the end of the movie. And when you least expect it, nature has cunning ways of finding our weakest spot. Just remember I'm here. Right now you may not want to feel anything. Maybe you never wanted to feel anything. And uh, maybe it's not to me you'll want to speak about these things, but uh, feel something you obviously did. Oh, just takes my breath away every time I see it. So check that out. At the very least, check out the YouTube. But um, I really want to know what happens with this. Will you let us know? Yeah. 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 It's really, yeah. I mean, I, I just want to say again that, like, we had a lot of, difficult things in parenting but seeing both of my children i'm thinking particularly about my daughter when she temporarily broke up with this guy that she's back together with just holding her and while she just talked just cried and it was like it hurts so bad Mm. and it's so different than when your kid falls off the scooter and they skin their knee and they're crying and saying it hurts so bad right it's just it just hits different and um so I feel like I had to really draw on like all of my emotional availability as a parent to hold space there because it was, you know, it's like ha- you just never want to see your kids heartbroken. And sometimes it happens. It's part of uh, it's part of the deal. Because it seems that our hearts will 
vicariously get broken too, right? By watching it. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's it. In some I don't. Ways. I, I, as a person who finds words for things, I still have a hard time finding words for what exactly was going yeah. on here. But it was it was hard for both of us, and me and her mom processed it a lot afterwards. You know, and yeah, it's our own mm-hmm. triggers, it's our own stuff. But it's just, it's just uh, the way you love your kid. Something about the the way you love your kid really, really is um, really touched and and moved by this particular kind of pain to see them experience it. Yeah. Well, out of my dating depths, we hope this helps. We would love to know how it goes. So please keep us posted by emailing us at momanddad at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. We're going to take another quick break and then join you back here for recommendations and our mailbag. Okay, it's finally time for recommendations. Jamila, what are you recommending? So, um... I have been on my baking thing for a while, as you all know, Um, and we've gotten to the point now that we're so spoiled and used to having like a baked dessert in the house that like we're making one on a weekly basis. This is the thing. Like there's always a fresh baked good in my home. So this week we decided we were going to make a cake. Last week we did brownies, forgot the chocolate chips. They came out just okay. But this week we baked a cake. And when we were at the grocery store buying ingredients, Naima says, can we just do a mix? And I'm like, what? That sucks. <laughs> you know, like this baking is our thing. And, you know, and she's yeah. like, it just takes a long time, you know. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll compromise. Like we'll do a mix and make the frosting from scratch. And so we did a mix. But here's what I'm recommending. If you are making a box cake, add an extra egg mm-hmm. and a small box of pudding mix, a 3.4 ounce box of pudding mix. Chocolate pudding? It depends on the flavor of the cake. So if you're making a chocolate cake, you can do chocolate pudding. We did a golden yellow cake, so we use vanilla pudding. But you can spice it up however you see fit. There used to be, I can't remember which brand it was. I think it was Duncan Hines that like had a pudding in the mix cake mix back in the day um like it advertised that there was pudding in the mix which i guess we were supposed to know that pudding in the mix is a good thing but i stumbled upon this tip years ago and it has not let me down because i'm really not a fan of box cakes um now that i know Hmm. how to make them myself i really prefer something a little fresher tasting but if you don't feel like doing the whole charade with the flour and the butter and all that stuff um a box of pudding mix and an extra egg. You don't have to do an extra egg, but an extra egg adds another layer of richness and denseness to the cake. Um, makes it super good. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I love that. I feel like I um, great, great. I feel back. like I might have heard, like known that when I was younger and then just forgot. But mm-hmm. yeah, you. Just, I feel like you're unlocking a memory for me. My recommendation is uh, a Netflix show called Our Universe, which I don't know if anyone's recommended that before. So the two kinds of documentaries I like the most, and this is mostly to fall asleep to, but it's either the nature documentary 
or the crazy like quantum physics documentary outer space black hole the beginning of our universe all that so it's like what if you took these two tastes and they, they would and made them taste great together and that's what our universe is it goes back and forth between nature documentary like studying the story of an animal and also tying that animal's yeah. lived experience into factors having to do with the universe and the creation of the universe and sunlight and photons and it's really just wild and amazing it's narrated by morgan freeman honestly i don't really care that much about the narration or the words the photography is absolutely stunning um and i'm going to recommend in particular the third episode of the season which is about a bear a mother bear and mm. her two cubs who enter into hibernation and then come out and look for food and it basically draws the connection between their ability to survive and the way that the sun operates which controls the tides and then goes into the history of that it's just a really beautiful fascinating documentary if you're into that sort of thing which i am cool you had me at photons yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i am recommending a kid's book that i picked up this weekend i have it right here it's called magic trash <laughs> a story of tyree guyton and his art and tyree guyton is this now he's a world famous mm. um i guess outsider artist is the name for it but he not far from my neighborhood in Detroit, starting in the early 80s, created this incredibly perplexing, beautiful, polka-dotted, technicolor, um, like art environment um, on his block that he grew up on, which was decimated by the crack epidemic mm. um, in the 80s. And he just started to like paint polka dots on houses and, and draw these amazing kind of like God faces and clocks. And he, he collected uh, shoes and old vacuum cleaners. And you go there today, people from all around the world will go there. And it's this incredible kind of living sculpture that, and he's, he's always out there too, just kind of working on it and tweaking it and pontificating about uh, what time it is on, on the clock of the world. I took um, Ami to this, to the school art show um, at a museum in the suburbs this weekend, but they were selling this book, um, which tells the story of Tyree and kind of how he emerged as an artist after having gotten made fun of for kind of being a, you know, a weirdo growing up. And like, it wasn't until like halfway through the book that I was reading, I was reading it with Noah, our five-year-old that she was like, Oh dad, is this the place like we go to sometimes? Oh wow! It was a really cool moment where she like saw, you know, something from our neighborhood, something from, from Detroit being kind of, uh, you know, sanctified in a book. And it, it just was very exciting to see her make that connection. And also, I guess this is just kind of a broader recommendation for like finding the weird local stuff in your neighborhood and, and or in, in your cities and, and seeing perhaps if there's some books about it, because I think it kind of will give your kids some pride, some hometown pride. So, Magic Trash, the author is J.H. Shapiro, and it's illustrated really, really beautifully by Vanessa Brantley-Newton. Mm. Can I also make, this is not a recommendation, but a request, a, a request of our listeners? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he's he's going to hate me for doing this, but maybe he won't. As you know, my son Ezra lives in New York. He was working um, at a job. He got laid off right before Christmas. He's looking for another job. He's got a bunch of leads, but he's still looking. If anyone in New York knows of food service jobs, anything like that, restaurant, server, coffee, anything like that, uh, let me know because maybe he can follow up on that lead. <laughs> How can folks get a hold of you? <clears throat> uh, you can email the show. How about that? You yeah. can email yeah the show, and then you, that'll get passed on to me. Great. We're gonna we're gonna get Ezra some work. 
Let's what do kind it. of food service work has he done? Uh, he worked here at a taco place, like a, like a Mexican restaurant um, for a while. He was like, he did counter service. He did all the like expediting. He did all the um, to go orders, all the DoorDash stuff. He did some table service. He did busing, food running, pretty much mm-hmm. the whole, the whole gamut. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right, New York. <laughs> do your stuff. Yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> Okay, we are going to wrap up today with a few listener letters from you. Here's the first. Dear Jamila, thank you for recommending the joy of baking chocolate banana cake. I made it today and my family loved it. My darling child, who has been rating my cooking as if he were a baking competition judge, gave it a 10 out of 10 and said it, quote, gave him nothing to complain about. Love the show, your advice and recommendations. Thanks for all you do. You are so welcome. I think we've made that cake about three times now. It is so good. I'm recommending it again. It has a chocolate ganache icing. It's so good. You will not like, oh my God, whether you're a big banana person or not, it's just amazing. These kids with their like food show recommendations, it's just so, it just cracks me up. Like the the lingo they pick up and (laughs) apply to the kitchen table, it will never not be funny to me. (laughs) Last night at dinner, I made some generic chicken thing and Noah, my five-year-old, she's like, dad, the the sauce isn't too overpowering. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Thanks, chef. Uh, This is just yet yet another um, reason why we just need to uh, get this cookbook going. Mom and dad are cooking. Publishers, I I am ready to uh, spearhead this. It is time for mom and dad are cooking. It's time. All right. Uh, Zach, we also have a letter for you. Okay. Hi, Zach. I'm a Jewish mom without a lot of Jewish friends and no Jewish mom friends. My family is interfaith, so I straddle the line between celebrating my husband's holidays while making sure our child is proud of her Jewish heritage. I want you to know that I love how much you freely talk about and share your Jewish experiences on the podcast. I remember back in the fall when you spoke about taking Noah to synagogue to celebrate Simchat Torah, and it felt so nostalgic, as I don't currently belong to a temple. You inspired me to start looking around. I found what seems to be a lovely small synagogue relatively close by. I'm hoping to make it for a holiday celebration. Please keep sharing. The world is scary and it's comforting to hear someone on a mainstream podcast talk about experiences that mirror mine. Uh, wow, that's so meaningful. Thank you for writing in. Uh, Tadaraba. This is, uh, this is very special. I- I'm so glad. So glad. That is really nice. It is really beautiful. I mean, it's, uh, people say representation matters and then they say the counter argument is no, it doesn't really matter as much as we thought it did. Both things are true, but it's also true that like, um, what, when you have these like experiences that make you feel isolated, it just feels so good to have someone with a platform validate Mm -hmm. that that experience is a real thing and that it matters. It's just really good. So this is, this warms my heart. Yeah. Thank you so much for writing in. Again, you can always email us or send us a voice memo to momanddad at slate.com. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Carvel Wallace and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>